You know, I preached this message a little over three years ago. And uh, I was headed from Georgia to uh, Morgantown to preach at First Baptist Church in Morgantown, West Virginia for the CBC search committee. And I, fa- I brought our family and we came up there and, and uh, we had a good time. But this message is very near and dear to my heart because this message has encouraged me in a time when I felt stuck, when I felt like I was in a spot that I couldn't go anywhere else and I needed God. Have you ever been in a spot like that where you just felt like there was no good way out? You felt stuck. There's no options. About five years ago, this is when God uh, spoke to my heart and showed me these things in his word. I was in a place where I felt stuck, like there was nothing that I could do. And God showed me in his word some things I'd like to share with you today. We're going to take a look at uh, the Exodus where God had brought his people out of slavery in Egypt. We'll be in Exodus chapter 14, verse 9. It says, The Egyptians pursued them, all of Pharaoh's horses and chariots and his horsemen and his army overtook them and camped at the sea by Tyrath and in front of Baal-savon. When Pharaoh drew near, the people of Israel lifted their eyes, and behold, the Egyptians were marching after them, and they feared greatly. And the people of Israel cried out to the Lord, and they said to Moses, Is it because there are no graves in Egypt that you have taken us away to die in the wilderness? Have you ever thought about this situation? God had just done all these plagues in Egypt to show Pharaoh who was in charge. There were the swarms of locusts and the rivers to blood and people being covered by flies and hordes of frogs. All these miracles happened, and the Israelites that were slaves all of a sudden are free. You know, Pharaoh, Pharaoh, oh baby, let my people go. And we see all of a sudden, after all these years, they are free. Think about how excited they are to leave behind their slave masters. For the first time in their life, they had freedom. Think about how much they praised God and they jumped up and down as they danced out of Egypt. But then all of a sudden, they find themselves standing on the edge of this giant sea. It's going to take forever for us to get around this. What, how did we get here? And then... They hear the sound of chariots and they turn around and and apparently Pharaoh had changed his mind about letting them go and he's coming either to capture or to kill them. Talk about a situation taking a U-turn. They're dancing out of Egypt, singing free at last, and now they're stuck between an unmovable object and an unstoppable force. And finally, they had enough. They, They had broken And they go and find Moses and they say, why did you bring us out here to die? What were there not enough graves in Egypt? You had to take us out here to the wilderness to be buried. Moses, I thought you said Pharaoh was okay with us leaving. We trusted you, Moses. We should have never followed you in the first place. And here's what Moses said in Exodus 14, 13. 
Moses said to the people, Fear not, stand firm, see the salvation of the Lord, which he will work for you today. For the Egyptians whom you see today, you shall see never again, for the Lord will fight for you, and you will only have to be silent. See, sometimes the biggest revelations come through confrontation. Why did God bring the Israelites to the Red Sea? Well, he wanted them to have a confrontation and discover his greatness and deliverance. He wanted to show them who he was and how big he was. See, many of the times the things that we think of as tragedies and problems are God's way of drawing us to himself. God shuts this door and God shuts that door and it seems like there is no way out. But we have to cling to the fact that the God that uh, makes himself known to us in the storms. God makes himself known to us in the storms. And he has the power to either calm that raging sea, to walk on that raging sea, or to part that sea. Think about what God told Moses to tell them. Fear not. Stand still. See the salvation of the Lord. The Lord will fight your battles. Whatever your battle, whatever your storm, the place that you feel trapped right now, I believe God is saying those things to you today. Let's break these things down. Fear not. Luke 12, 6 says, Are not five sparrows sold for two pennies? And not one of them is forgotten before God. Why, even the hairs of your head are all numbered. Fear not, fear not, for you are more valuable than many sparrows. These verses are amazing. I love these verses. Jesus says, look, you know these birds that we sell? They sell in the market five for two dollars. None of them are forgotten before God. I like to compare these sparrows here to a bag of those goldfish that you can get at the pet store for like two cents. Nobody cares about these goldfish. They're perhaps the most insignificant animals on the planet because people buy these goldfish just to feed to other animals. No, no animal rights activists even care. They're not even on the radar there. No one's protesting to free the goldfish. But God knows every single one of those goldfish. He created them and he made them. And how much more does God remember you? He numbers every hair on your head. You are not forgotten before God. Fear not. In your storm today, fear not. Because God has got this. Stand still. I need this one. This is the one I need more than any other one. Stand still. Just stop. Stop. Just stop for a minute. You can't figure it all out. You can't make it happen. Psalms 46.10 tells us to be still and know that I am God. God's saying that right now. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nation. I will be exalted in the earth. 
You and I have got to come to a place to realize constantly. And once we get to this place, we got to come back to this place. But you got to get to a place where you realize that you are not God. He is God. I am not God. He is God. There's a lyrics to a song. It's kind of old now, but it's a song that I love. And it starts off like this. Why are you striving these days? Why are you striving? That's me. So many times I strive to make things happen. I strive to figure things out. I strive to force things to work. I strive to be better than before. I strive to figure out how people will react and how they'll take things. And then I formulate this whole plan and I try and make it all work and figure it all out. And I strive and I strive. But we need to stop striving. And instead, be still and remember that he is God. I'm not God. He is God. Because no matter how much we strive, we will never have all of our bases covered. So be still. In your storm today, stand still. God has got this. Fear not. Stand still. See the salvation of God the Lord. Open your eyes. Remember where you came from. Remember how God has brought you through all these things. Israelites, remember God just did all these miracles to free you from years and years of slavery, this horrible situation in Egypt. And then basically he says, the Lord, Moses says, the Lord is going to show you who he is today. He's saying, look, watch this. And we all have things that we're good at. And there's always, there's probably all of us have had a time where we have said to our friends, watch this, as we shoot a three-pointer, we throw a, a, a football over those mountains over there, we jump off a diving board or play an instrument, and we say, watch this. Moses says, see the salvation of the Lord, which he will show to you today for the Egyptians who you see today. You shall see them again no more forever. Fear not. Stand still. See the salvation of the Lord. He says, watch this. And then lastly, he says, the Lord will fight your battles. The Lord shall fight for you, and you will hold your peace. See, the Lord fought battles throughout God's word, fought battles for his people, and he still does today. David yelled these words as he ran off to fight Goliath in 1 Samuel 17, 47. David said this, he says, that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel and that all this assembly may know that the Lord saves not with sword and spear, for the battle is the Lord's and he will give you into our hand. Goliath fell. Asa and his army were outnumbered by 500,000 men. And Asa cried out this prayer as he stood on the battlefield in 2 Chronicles 14, 11. Asa cried to the Lord his God, O Lord, there is none like you to help. Between the mighty and the weak, help us, O Lord our God, for we rely on you, and in your name we have come against this multitude. 
O Lord, you are our God. Let not man prevail against you. So the Lord defeated the Ethiopians before Asa and before Judah, and the Ethiopians fled. Jehaziel stood before the king of Judah, Jehoshaphat, and gave this message from God as they were standing before a vast army that was going to attack. 2 Chronicles 20, 15. Check this out. This is awesome. He says, Hearken ye all of Judah, and ye inhabitants of Jerusalem. Jehaziel's talking to this whole assembly. And thou, O king Jehoshaphat, thus saith the Lord unto you, Be not afraid, nor be dismayed by reason of this great multitude, for the battle is not yours, but God's. Ye shall not need to fight this battle. Set yourself, stand ye still, and see the salvation of the Lord with you. O Judah and Jerusalem, fear not, nor be dismayed, for tomorrow we go out against them, for the Lord will be with you. In these verses, again, we see this formula, right? Fear not, stand still, see the salvation of the Lord, the Lord will fight your battles. And these people in this uh, account, as Jehaziel told them this message from the Lord, they immediately started praising God. The battle hadn't even started yet. It wasn't even going to be that day, but they're already celebrating. In 2 Chronicles 20, 19, and the Levites of the children of the Kohathites and the children of the Korites stood up and praised the Lord God of Israel with a loud voice on high. You know what God ended up doing? He caused confusion in that camp of those enemies, and they ended up fighting each other and killing each other. The, the army of the Israelites didn't even have to pick up the sword. The Lord literally fought their battles for them. And over and over again, we see this in God's word. Now, let me interject this thought. These people that we're talking about were all stuck. And they were stuck because they were where God had told them to go, and they were doing what God had told them to do. These weren't people that were disobedient or apathetic and lazy. And there may be a time where you're stuck in the consequences of your sin because you brought yourself there. And you might have to face those consequences of your sin. But maybe you're, today you're standing at the edge of your Red Sea. And maybe you just had a huge victory in your life, but all of a sudden you're stuck between an unmovable object and an unstoppable force. And you cannot figure out what to do. You are stuck. Have you stopped to consider the fact that maybe God brought you here because it was the best way for him to draw himself to you and to get your attention? Maybe right now what God's trying to get you to do today is to take that next step in your faith, to strengthen your faith, and for him to reveal more of himself to you. Maybe this problem's so big you don't know how you're ever going to make it around it. Maybe it's this thing you thought you left behind in your past is charging up behind you, and you know if you fight it, you're going to lose. But see, the God that parted the Red Sea, the God that stilled the surface of the Galilee, is on your side. See, the purpose of these accounts in the Bible is not just to show you what God did, but to show you what God does. It tells us that in Romans 15, 4. It says, For whatever was written in the former days was for our instruction, that through endurance 
and through the encouragement of the scriptures that we might have hope. God has given us his word that we might be instructed, encouraged, and edified, and that we might have hope. The Lord fighting our battles is not just an Old Testament thing. It's all over the New Testament as well. Remember Mary and Martha, right? Their brother was dead, and Jesus raised him from the dead. Remember the blind and the leper and the, the lame, they were healed. Remember Jairus had a dead daughter, Jesus raised her. Remember Paul was in prison and he was stuck. And God freed him. See, God moved in on their problems and fought their battles when they were stuck. And these stories in God's word are not just Sunday school stories. They're not romantic fables. They're not somewhere over the rainbow illustrations. These are historic moments in God's world, uh, word and, and that happened in history. A real God and real places and real deliverance given to us so that we could answer the question, what do I do when I'm standing on the edge? What do I do when I am stuck? Fear not. Stand still. See the salvation of the Lord. The Lord will fight your battles. And you know how this story ends. God splits the Red Sea. They walk through that unmovable object. The, the Egyptians are swallowed up and God puts a stop to that unstoppable force. And though there were bumps of disobedience along the way, and we learned about that last week, God still kept his covenant to Israel to give them the promised land. We see that in Joshua 21, 43. Thus the Lord gave to Israel all the land that he swore to give to their fathers. And they took possession of it. And they settled there. And the Lord gave them rest on every side, just as he had sworn to their fathers. Not one of all their enemies had withstood them. For the Lord had given all their enemies into their hands. Not one word of all the good promises that the Lord had made to them and the house of Israel had failed. All came to pass. And as long as they followed God, and as long as they were obedient, the promises that the Lord had given them had, had come to pass, and God would continue. As long as they followed him, the Lord would continue to fight their battles. And look, there will be struggles as believers. There will be problems. But you can rest assured that if God brought you somewhere, he will bring you through. And if you're a believer, if you've accepted Jesus Christ as the only way to have a relationship with God, then the walls of Jericho are already condemned and the giants are already on the run. And we are more than conquerors when the victory belongs to the Lord. Stand still. First, fear not. Then stand still. That's the one I need more than any of them. Stand still. See the salvation of the Lord. Remember where he brought you from. Check out what he's about to do. The Lord will fight your battles. The band's going to come right now. Maybe you're in that place and you feel stuck. You're standing on the edge and you feel pinched between 
an unmovable object and an unstoppable force, and you don't see a way out today. Fear not. Stand still. See the salvation of the Lord. The Lord will fight your battles. And the first step is you need to make sure you're where God wants you to be. The first step that you need to see, is this where God has led me? You need to check out if there any sin in my heart. Is there bitterness? Is there anyone I need to forgive? Is there anything that I haven't done that God's called me to do? Because you need to make sure that you're not in this position as the consequence of your own sin. But then, if you're a believer, you can claim these promises. that You don't need to fear. You can stand still and rest and relax in the arms of the God that's in control. See the salvation of the Lord. The Lord will fight your battles. I want to challenge you to write those things down somewhere in your house. On a little note, stick it on your fridge, put it on a mirror, set a reminder for your phone. This message was born out of a time when I felt stuck. I felt like there was no way out. I was trying to do what's right. Things were still going wrong. If you've not been in that place, there's probably going to be a time when you are. You need to remember these things. 